Welcome to In the Envelope, a podcast from Backstage, the number one resource for actors and talent seekers. I am your host, Jack Smart, awards editor at Backstage, and I'm here to guide you through every aspect of the entertainment industry with the help of some of your favorite stars. These intimate, inspirational conversations with today's most award-worthy film, television, and theater artists provide you, dear listener, advice on how to live the creative life, personal stories of success and failure alike, and maybe, just maybe, a tantalizing glimpse in the envelope. I never gave in to desperation. I certainly had many moments of going, ooh boy, this is a nervous time, or I'm not feeling too secure right now, but desperation will kill you. This might be the most people we've had at one time. Hello, everyone. Hello. Um, Hello. Hi, I'm going to just jump right in here. Um, Thank you all so much for joining me on the podcast today. Uh, Listeners, I am Jack. I'm the awards editor backstage. I'd like to go around the quote unquote room, the Zoom room, to uh, let listeners know who everyone who is here, longtime listeners of this podcast are familiar with everyone here, which is why this is sort of like the uh, returning all stars, the greatest hits of the podcast. I think that's what we're doing here. I want to ask, I want to start with Jamie. Jamie, do you want to reintroduce yourself? And what you do with the podcast? Sure, I'm the producer. I do all the the techie bits to make it sound as good as possible. And uh, yeah, I've been OG member of Team Podcast with you, Jack and Casey, all the way back, however many years it's been now. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we we put it all together, and we have a good time doing it. Wonderful. Okay, and then podcast listeners, the next step in the podcast production process is editorial. <laughs> I don't know why I'm going in this. I'm I'm partly going in this order because that's what the Zoom is, but it also is coincidentally the order of production. Ben, would you like to tell listeners who you are? Uh, hello, listeners. I'm Benjamin Lindsay. I'm the managing editor at Backstage. So working on the editorial side of things, um, kind kind of in the print operations, and then also working with Jack on things like the podcast. So uh, yeah, I've been here since day one. I've, I've been on the podcast before, but if you're a new listener, welcome. And uh, I'll pass it off to whoever's next. It's the other editorial team member here. Casey it's Mead. the other editorial team member here. It's one of two Casey's. You'll shortly find out it's the lesser of the two. Um, I'm Casey Mink. And yeah, longtime listeners have definitely heard me talk about, say it with me, Tony Shalhoub on this podcast. <laughs> But he's not going to be my performance choice this year because he didn't do anything. Oh, so sure. We're getting creative. Oh, sure. Well, that is a natural segue into, I believe, somebody who who has also a lot of favorites and who has stated all of them on the podcast. Katie Menard, you're next in the process of making this podcast happen. Would you like to reintroduce yourself? Sure. Um, <laughs> I'm Katie Menard. I'm the social media manager at Backstage. So I manage our social media, which includes uh, posting the podcast to social and seeing everything everyone has to say about the the episodes. And yes, um, I have talked about favorites of mine on this pod <laughs> recently. before. Recently, yeah. yeah. Um, and last but certainly not, not least, uh, we are going to go with the term fairy godmother of the podcast. Casey Howe. 
Hi, guys. Um, I am Casey Howe. I run awards media at Backstage, and um, I am very grateful for this podcast and, and love it and um, think that everybody does such an ma- amazing job to make it happen. And it's magic every week. It's just magic. So I hope everyone listening is enjoying. So of course. please keep Thank listening. You. Thank you for saying that, Casey. Thank you for all to all of you for all of the work you do putting this podcast together. Here we are on this. This will air on December 30th. We are just taking an opportunity here to look back on the year in acting, in the film and TV, I think. All SAG-eligible film and TV performances are currently being considered by voters. And just like we did last year, I want to go around and get everyone's uh, favorite film or TV performance. I'm going to go first to demonstrate how this works. My favorite film or TV performance of the year that aired in 2021 is Ed Helms and Patty Harrison in the film Together Together. I went back and forth. I had a lot of different choices, but I'm going to go with, we're talking about favorite. I'm not saying best. Best is very up for debate, but I'm going with favorite because if we, if I think about performances that left me feeling, that give me a warm feeling every time I think about them or that bring back lovely, beautiful memories. Those two performances come to mind. Together Together is a film about a father-to-be and the woman he hires to be his surrogate. It's structured like a rom-com, but it's a platonic friendship. I just find it so extraordinary. So funny and silly, but uh, those two performances also have a lot of depth, and I really, truly can't stop thinking about them. That's my example. I'm so curious to hear what you all think, starting with Jamie. Again, we're going to go in the same order. Jamie, do you have a pick? In terms of my favorite performance of the year, I was partly paying attention to what you just said. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yes, it's completely unoriginal, I think. I just finished Succession and, you know, so many, so many of that cast are incredible. But of course, Tom, is it Matthew McFadden? McFadden, how do you pronounce his name? McFadden, I believe, yes. McFadden. His arc this season and over the course of the whole show has been such a, a joy to watch. And just, I mean, the whole cast, you could pick anyone from that cast and they just did amazingly. I, it's fresh in my mind because I finished it like two days ago. So yes. that's that's the thing that's still, still resonating with me. I heartily agree. Ben, you are next. Well, to tie into your guys' choices, Together Together, I saw it streaming on Hulu. Um, I saw it in theaters, but really got to rewatch it this holiday break. Yeah. Um, loved that one. And the reveal of Succession, honestly, one of the... Just moments of the year. Um, so I, I, I second that choice of Matthew. I think I'm going to go with a comedy for my my favorite performance, or in this case, performances. The other two on HBO Max just had a perfect, perfect season and led by Drew Tarver and Helena York and Molly Shannon. It really is just some of the funniest stuff that you're going to watch this year. Just a great uh, Hollywood and fame satire, um, which is kind of on my alley. So those are my choices. So good. Casey Mink, I'm so curious to hear what what your pick is. (laughs) I think that you're being sarcastic, right? Because you know exactly what it is. No, Um, I think it could be like one of three things. Okay, yeah. Well, when I do say it, you're going to be like, oh, no, it was one of one thing. (laughs) Um, And I will say, actually, that you said, you know, yours is your favorite, but not necessarily the best. I think mine is my favorite, and I do think um, empirically it's also the best. Because okay. <laughs> I do believe <clears throat> that She's Kate so Winslet... humble. She's so humble. Yeah, That's yeah, thank such, you. you know, famously, famously empirically. humble. I do believe that Kate Winslet as Mayor Sheehan on uh, Mayor Beast Town is the single greatest performance ever committed to film, Whew. literally ever. I, yeah. 
I said it and I mean it. She did get that Emmy. Um, I also think that SAG award is, you know, in the bag. Yeah, I mean, name a better acting moment of the year, of the decade, than the moment that she is watching that iPad footage and <laughs> she realizes that it's, spoiler alert, you know, Ryan. And that little <laughs> gasp that escapes her mouth, just, that's authentic. That's acting. I'm going to say it. That's acting. That's so good. That's such a, that, thank you. That's, that's a, provides a you're very welcome. concrete, very pinpointed, yeah. Example yeah, no, of you're great welcome. acting. Yes. <laughs> thank you, you Kate welcome. Winslet. Thank you, Kate um, Winslet. Katie, same to you. I feel like there are three options. Slash, you may have already told me what you're picking. Yeah, Casey stole my line, which is, I was going to say mine is my favorite and also the best, <laughs> um, but it's film. So we're not overlapping. And I also think it's my favorite because I love being right. And I feel like I have, uh, this, uh, this has been a big payoff for me. <laughs> Um, throughout multiple decades of my life at this point, which is Kristen Stewart and Spencer. I have been saying Kristen Stewart is one of the best actors of our generation since I was in like middle school. So <laughs> I like to finally see the, the recognition. My, my nice. uh, multi-year long Oscar campaign is finally coming to fruition. <laughs> oh yeah. But also the performance is incredible. I do think it is probably... You could argue between a couple other of her performances, but I do think is her best performance um, mm. to date. And she really is the the center of that film. And in a year or two of many Diana performances, I was going to say, I yeah. think hers stands out. Casey will fight me on that, but I know. Uh, can we just can we do one little wild card theater performance, which is just to say <laughs> that <laughs> another the Broadway Diana Gina Duvall. Okay. I won't. I won't. No, absolutely. I did set you up for that. Um, Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I closed after 33 performances, but I was there for 31 of them. Oh my God. Wait, what? <laughs> I wasn't, but I wish I was. Oh, okay. I was like, that's not true. <laughs> I do think it. I do think that mentioning literally all of the Princess Diana projects this year, like it, it need it needs to have been mentioned on this podcast by now. Like at least the Kristen Stewart movie. That um, this really was a year for extraordinary stories about. Uh, Princess Diana. And yeah, Kristen Stewart's is a really great example. Last but not least, Casey Howe. Wait, <laughs> Casey Howe, what is your pick? Oh, God. Okay, so I am going to, just as I gave um, Casey Mink a hard time for being so humble, I am going to infamously not follow directions, which I'm very much known for. Um, so I'm going to pick two. I'm going to pick one film and then one television okay. because okay. I want to. For film, um, I think we have seen probably um, Jessica Chastain's best performance maybe ever in the eyes of Tammy Faye. Um, I thought she was just brilliant. And that, to me, is a really tricky character because you don't want to overdo it. You don't want to make her into a caricature. But she really came through. And I thought that that was just a really powerful performance. This is a amazingly competitive year when it comes to female performances and female yes. lead performances. Um, and so I think, unfortunately, as far as a contender is concerned, she may not get the recognition, but I do want to give that movie a shout out. That movie is also like right up my alley. Like mm -hmm. talk about a crazy borderline cult manipulative religious group. And I, I mean, I'm in, I'm in, <laughs> sign me up all day and high, long. High so. camp. 
Oh yes. And hi, can like, come on. So, um, yeah, that was one of the first movies that I saw in the theaters back. Well, not the first movie, but you know, one of the ones that I'm like, I'm going to the theater for this. You can't stop me. So I was all about it. And then for, um, TV, (laughs) my favorite performance, which is a little, um, a not well-kept secret amongst the backstage team members is, um, the show in general, Dope Sick. I think that it should be required watching for every American and Michael Keaton's performance in it. He is a national treasure and no one can tell me otherwise. And if you disagree with me, then whatever. I love him so much in this, amongst other things. And I think that his, you know, this performance was, um, yes, very right up Michael Keaton's alley, but also he Mm. nailed it. And the character was just really powerful. And I think to see that and he was just was perfect casting and he just continues to show us his range and wonderfulness. And so... Dope I 100% yeah. agree, and yeah. thank you so much for providing the perfect segue into today's episode, <laughs> which was not at all coerced or planned. I Actually, Jack, listeners. before you do that, as no one's following any rules for this this uh, banter today, yeah. can I slightly adjust my answer? Yes, yes dive in. Um, I love so, yours, though. Yours so was Kate, good. Yours was good. We also mm-hmm. needed to shout out Succession. I think we had a, yeah, mm-hmm. this is a good range. Well, yeah, I can't go Casey, on Casey M mentioned a moment, and there was a moment in that episode that wasn't particularly to do with Matthew McFadden, it was Sarah Snook's reaction to the reveal that uh, was just, I think, even greater than his performance. So mm-hmm. I just totally wanted to agree. slightly amend I think that answer. made that scene. Well, like, yeah, when you see it on her face. You know, there's she's like, like, you can't stop thinking about it. Yeah. 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 You know, there's mm-hmm. like conspiracy theories online that like she sort of like put her hand to her abdomen and so everyone thinks that she's pregnant. Yes. I spent too much time mm-hmm. on even the Even if she uh, isn't, internet, just but... the implication of that yes. is... Yeah. Talk about really plays acting. into that dynamic. Talk about good acting. Absolutely. Oh, Absolutely. So true. And so back true. to your segue, Jack. I'm so sorry to no, ruin that for you. It's fine. I love National Treasure, answers. Michael Keaton. I actually agree <laughs> yes. so much with all of your answers. Really. Yes, I, I agree. These are excellent I agree. choices. Yeah, Thank Michael you, Keaton is so good on Dope Sick. So good. Mm-hmm. Episode and- four... And Casey, how what you were saying about if anyone disagrees, I think that list, after listening to this interview, anyone who doesn't agree that Michael <laughs> Keaton's a national treasure will agree. Because he sheds a lot of light on his creative process. And obviously with him, there's so much to get into in terms of his playing the everyman in a lot of his roles, mm-hmm. but also playing larger than life characters like Batman. Yeah. And uh, national treasure is a very apt phrase. So thank you, Casey, for... <laughs> for helping me introduce him. And thank you all for joining us. Um, We are going to take a quick break and then introduce Michael and get to this interview. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. Thank you for joining. Happy New Year. Yeah. Happy New Year. Thanks, everybody. And thanks to all the listeners. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Happy New Year. Happy 22. Yeah. Yeah. Happy 22. This podcast is, of course, brought to you, listeners, by Backstage. Listen, aside from all the great inspiration and tips and all of that stuff we offer for free, like this amazing podcast, Backstage also gives you access to incredible casting calls all over the world. That is why it's the world's number one casting platform. If you're curious or if you're an actor yourself and you really want to jumpstart your career and you're ready to take the advice and the inspiration you've heard here in this very episode and use it, go to backstage.com slash subscribe and enter the code envelope. E-N-V-E-L-O-P-E 
That's again, 30 days completely free to try backstage where you can make a profile, upload a headshot, upload a reel, start browsing the casting notices and start applying to jobs because who knows, maybe one day I'll be interviewing you. Again, that's backstage.com slash subscribe and enter the code envelope. Michael Keaton has repeatedly reinvented himself in big screen projects, from his breakout in Night Shift all the way to playing Bruce Wayne in the Batman films, a role he is reprising in the upcoming The Flash and Batgirl movies. His background in theater and stand-up comedy led to iconic roles in Mr. Mom, Beetlejuice, and more, and he's received accolades for Spotlight, the Academy Award-nominated Birdman, and last year's SAG Award winner, The Trial of the Chicago 7. This year he starred in the Netflix film Worth, and Hulu's limited series about the opioid epidemic, Dope Sick. Here is the legendary Michael Keaton. Michael, thank you so much for joining us. How are you today? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Good. Are you doing a bunch of press? Uh, not, not, yeah. I mean, a good bit, but not, you know, not the load isn't too heavy. Congratulations on, on Dope Sick. I've been really enjoying the show. And I can't wait to ask you about it because I do think it's a really good way to talk about the, the way you approach characters. I'm going to get you to open up about all of your deepest, darkest acting technique secrets. So uh, <laughs> that's what we're going okay. to do today. Okay. But, but first of all, um, can I just ask you like the big, big question in your whole, the whole span of your career? Why acting? What initially were you bit by the acting bug at an early age? Oh, what a good way to start. Good, good question. Um, <laughs> you know, I think that I probably was and didn't know it. I used to say this, and it, I guess I now say it again, it, it holds up. I think I was always going to, whether I knew it or not, I was going to do something where I would express myself. So let's start with that. As simple, sure. simple as that. I, I, as a kid, I would, I would, I'd like to draw a lot. And then later on, uh, to keep me from getting into too much trouble, skipping class, a, an art teacher threw me in a classroom with a couple other of my buddies and said, sit down here and handed us some pencils and paints. And, and uh, he was so smart to do it because I got really interested in painting for a while. I was never really a very good painter. And I, and I always had a visual. I always had a visual sense of things. You know, I noticed things that when I'd watch old movies on a black and white TV, I tell early television shows as a kid growing up, but I was attracted to certain, certain things visually, you know, more than, more than others. And even in life, and I'm still kind of like that. When I was small, I would read and I remember distinctly remember, uh, <laughs> this should have been a sign that I would literally set the book down and I mean, I'm young at this point, right? And this is pre-teenage, way pre-teenage. I'm very young. I'm, uh, I can read, but I'm, I don't know if I'd be eight, maybe, nine, ten, maybe. I would literally set the book down and I'd close my eyes kind of, and I'd try to feel, I, I needed to know what it felt like, what I just read. I needed to know what the character, like what really would have, what it really would have felt like, what I just read. Um, now I was admittedly, yeah, I know I was admittedly kind of a weird kid, but, but when you think about that, I guess something was going on, you know, and, and I remember watching things and thinking, I don't want to just do that. I kind of want to be that, 
You know, yeah. I'm going to be what I'm watching. You know that feeling? Totally. And, and, and I always knew from a pretty young age, I knew that I probably could never get up in the morning, go to a place and work and come home. I just thought, I just, <laughs> I just don't think I can do that. And I didn't think it was a bad thing. I just kind of knew instinctively. But then, you know, you go on in life, you don't think about it. And I was never a theater kid until I got into college. <laughs> and I wasn't even a theater kid then. All I really did was I, I, I had a wonderful teacher my first year. I took a, I was curious enough about drama, just reading plays, you know, reading Chekhov and reading, uh, I was introduced to Strindberg and, you know, playwrights that I had never read any of these. And uh, he was a really good teacher who broke things down. And I just found it really interesting. It was a, simply a different not medium, but I, I just had never read anything like that. And so it was interesting to me. And then I, I was fairly, I, you know, I hung out with pretty funny people and I was always, if I wasn't funny, I was trying to be funny. And then I got interested in writing. And then in college, I thought, I'm going to take another theater class. And it was okay. She was a nice teacher, but it didn't move me. And then I thought, do I, my friends and I would kind of do these performances, these, you know, impromptu things and improvise and stuff. And I thought, I don't know, maybe I'll give, maybe I'll take an acting class or I'll, or I'll audition. And then I got a small part in a play and I wasn't very good at it. And, and it didn't really, you know, it didn't really knock me out and say, this is it. I found no bell ever went off for me. And then I was curious about it. And then I had to drop out of school to make money. And I was working and working a couple of jobs. And I auditioned for a play in Pittsburgh. I auditioned for a play and I got it. And that's when it started to take hold. Hmm. I really, really liked it. And I, I still wasn't taking it very seriously, but I just really liked it. I, I got excited when I knew there was a performance that night. I'd get nervous. Yeah. I'd kind of really good nervous, you know. And then I tell people that, I probably was always going to do something where I wanted to express myself. And then uh, when I came out here, I was a last minute decision because I was going to New York for auditions and I was getting ready to move there. And a friend of mine said, do you want to come out here for a while first? And mm. I never thought I'd stay. And then, uh, then I, one thing led to another and uh, it really started to take hold. And, I, and a good thing I was doing, a smart thing I was doing all along was I was writing. I think writing in general is really good for you. Stand-up comedy or anything? Yeah, but writing? just writing. Yeah, I started writing sketches back yeah. in Pittsburgh, and then I started writing stand-up because I was also performing stand-up at a club in Pittsburgh. And, and, and that was a big help to me because my stand-up was never really just doing jokes. I would, they were kind of performances. I wanted to perform. I wanted, sure. to, I wanted to act out things on a stage. I wanted to play characters. And so, and I was taking class, I was in class, here and there, whenever I had a few extra dollars, I'd go take a class, an acting class. And, and but I was just kind of, you know, at, at one point I said, you know, you, you, all I really want to do right now is be as good as I can be, frankly. Mm -hmm. So it's about the quality for me. And so I finally made the decision. I said, you know, the art, and when it's good, it's an art of stand up, mm -hmm. is so difficult, so hard that I either have to really commit to it to be great or commit to the other. And I, just, I said, I think, I think acting is more what I, in the long run, what I really want to do. And I did both for a while, but I really then just said, you have to give into this, you know? And, yeah. You knew early on that it required like a full commitment, no plan B all in. Yes. In fact, I'll tell you an interesting experience I had. And I was thinking about this and it, it just happened to me after all this time, I was working on worth mm -hmm. 
And it was one of those things, you know, you're just in the moment in life, you're just kind of, which is not always easy to do, you know, and it's seeing how you really need to be in the moment. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you just have to be in the moment. And, and really the way to live life is in what they call flow, you know, and, mm. you know, we're always anticipating things or thinking back or, you know, it's really important to stay in the present and all that. So I guess I had these, this, these few moments. I was leaving my trailer to go in and work on a scene on Worth. And it was, you know, it was low budget and the hours were long and I was kind of tired and it was getting late. It was in the night. I was walking across the parking lot uh, and going to this off, the office building where we had, had some sets built and this really interesting thing happened i i something in my head said wow i really am this it was the oddest thing it was almost like i admitted to myself that i was an actor it was such an odd and kind of kind of now at this point in your career yeah 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 a freeing thing. I went, this really is me. This really is me. You know, I, I, I and not just what I do for a living, because I've always described it as what I do for a living, which sure. it is, but, but I went, I guess this is what I am. You know, I guess this is yeah. what I am. Yeah. It was interesting. You know, you would thought, because I never really, I don't think like that. I, when I'm, when I'm at work, I totally think like that. Hmm. But when I'm not at work, I don't really think like that. Yeah. Well, it goes back to what you're saying about being versus doing. Like there's doing the job because it's your living and you're making money or however you yeah. clock in or clock out. But then there's being like at yes. your core, you're an artist. I hope so. You know, I, I, <laughs> I don't throw that word around a lot, but we all are. I mean, if we chose this, mm. you might now you might be, you know, I never like to say whether people are good at, at it or not. I think it's, I think it's hard. I think everybody's good. Honestly, that's the only way to look at it. First of all, I think philosophically, that's just a better way to look at things, but yeah, but also it isn't easy. So, so I'm not one of those who said, who, who believes in saying, being critical of actors or saying, yes. Oh, he's, he's no good or she's good or they're no good or they're, or they're not so good as they're not as good as such and such. I never, first of all, I don't believe that. I, I kind of believe in that right speech the correct speech thing on the, the eight-wheeled buddhist thing you know that just try to live that way my mom lived that way you know we were never allowed to speak to little people mm-hmm. you know so there's that but there's also it's such bush league you know to judge other because it, it's hard everybody's good everybody can have their moment you know you never okay. you know and it depends on the opportunity you're given yes. um, yeah yeah that's all oh. pure backstage cold. That's very much backstage's viewpoint is we are always cheerleading. We know it's hard. There's no yeah. point like assigning a value judgment, especially a negative one to this 100%. very subjective work. Yeah. Yeah. And I hate to sound uh, uh, Pollyanna-ish, uh, but it's a kind of brother and sisterhood, you know, you know, Absolutely. It, it is, it's a, uh, uh, you know, you want. And so, so in terms of art, it's for me, it's like, I, I go, I hope I get, I hope I'm, moments of it here and there you know yeah. i want to think at it like that but i guess we just by saying what are you are you if you had to put mm-hmm. us into categories yes we're artists like other people are artists too but then to say did i do anything that was really artful today in that scene or in that and that, that's harder for me i put i i set that standard higher you know yeah but, you know yeah which which of course speaks to your process i mean i i definitely want to ask you all about like techniques the things that you do for every role you've played such different roles mm-hmm. like the question i sort of always ask is are there things you do every time do you find that there are certain acting steps that you take maybe in those initial 
I'd love to hear about your relationship with scripts, with text. Yeah, good question. No, I don't. There's not. Well, well, there are the most fundamental things I do every time. But every you've probably heard this before. But to me, at least, almost everything is its own thing. I I just look at it like, okay, well, what am I doing here? What's the job? And then I just proceed. So there are the basics I do. So you know, uh, it, there's never one thing. The basics would be. Make sure you're totally present. Make sure you're you're in the moment. Make sure you're listening. And I was about to, I was doing a television show and, I, and the woman who was my girlfriend for, for a minute on the show at the time was with me and she had done a lot more stuff than I had. And I was so nervous. I was, I was getting ready to go out and do the scene on a, on a sitcom and we were backstage mm-hmm. and she looked at me, she looked at me and she looked me right in the eye and she said, just tell the truth. Just remember to tell the truth. <laughs> and, and, and if it wasn't tell the truth said, or, or so it was something like tell the truth. And, and she looked at me with such conviction. Mm. Um, and I thought, first of all, I knew that I knew that, but I never had a chance to apply it. And I only knew it kind of cerebrally and, but I didn't really. But not in practice. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And, and that has always stuck with me. You always drop back to that and you always mm. ask the question, what do you want? Uh, and in terms of the, the one thing that I do is not know too much. I don't want to know mm-hmm. too much. I, I don't want, cause you know, you'll, you should probably know this, but you know, you, you say, well, I think I want to be an actor. Then you try to be an actor. Then you act. And then you say, I need to stop acting. I need to, I don't want to act anymore. To me, the ultimate, the best performance I've always thought would be, if you can get there is if you're, if someone were looking through it, it snuck up to your house or apartment and was looking in your window without you knowing it, would your behavior, would you just be behaving that way? You know what I mean? Without acting, without doing, without changing your behavior. Cause you say, well, my, my character would, you know, he'd do this because he likes to, you know, you know what I mean? Because you, you have to do all that stuff like that. I just eat that. I just come back from lunch. Uh, you know, the, what, what do I want? Although what do you want? But honestly, the ultimate performance for me would be that just total be, just total behavior, just no cerebral cerebral work at all. Just yeah. behavior, obviously really difficult to get to, but that would be the, the ultimate to me. I think. That sounds like uh, being versus doing again of like the ultimate goal of truthfulness is that you can be this person, not capital P perform this person. Yeah. Yeah. For a hundred percent, you know? Um, and then of course it depends on the role, you know, there mm-hmm. are, there are roles where you go, no, it's about performance. You know, it's about it. You have totally. to, you have to, there's some, I, I can't think of an example now, but you say, no, this is, you know, this is, this is performance, you know, and then when you get into the, the world of comedy, obviously the truth is always key. You know, the truth, things are funny because of the truth. But then you say, yeah, but if you set the rules up correctly, you know, you can be in the most, the most insane situation, but it's true because you created the world or the script has been created that this is the world you're living. And so the truth is whatever the truth is in that, in that world that you're, you're creating, you know? Sure. Yeah. So the truth thing applies to any genre, any role. Like I like this idea of like, certainly there are characters that, that require, 
you got to know where the camera is. Like you got, you got to pitch that. Oh, for sure. You got to be entertaining sometimes, right? hundred percent. And you know, entertaining is a tricky word, you know, like mm. when that word would come up during dope sick sometimes and would always, I always say it's such a weird word to use, but there, there is some very, very subtle element of like some type of entertainment here and there and, 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 and mm. dope sick. And I don't even know if entertainment is the word, but yeah, you know, you know it's, it's a funny thing that, uh, it's a funny thing. That's why this was really good. It was challenging. And Danny Strong did such a good job because you have to stay interested. You have to be, be moved by yeah. certain things. So in a weird way, it's entertaining to watch a scene about a very, very sad mm-hmm. thing. And entertaining is probably the word, the wrong word, but you have yeah. to be engaged and moved by it. You know? Moved, riveting. Yeah. 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 Like the scene, I don't know how much you've seen, but yeah. It was so much fun for me to, because the scenes I'm not in and I wasn't prepared for, just kill me, you know. Yeah. The, the turn that Mayor, the, the Mayor Winningham, she's so great and always has been so great. You know, her character, turn that big turn she makes for her daughter, you know. Mm. It's so heartbreaking, you know, and so beautiful and true when she says, I, I don't care if you like girls, as she puts it, you know. That, that really simple way that a woman like that would have put it, you know, yeah, like, yeah. and, and it's so beautiful and loving, you know, totally. She does beautiful. She and Caitlin Dever, I mean, you and Caitlin Dever together had me in tears. I was watching yeah. episode seven last night. Oh man. I can't, I can't, it's, it's hard for me to watch her sometimes. It just kills me. Yeah. It's remarkable. Well, and the, going off of that, I mean, Caitlin Dever, Mary, Win- Mary Whittingham and your character, these are all, I think of them as ordinary. I wonder how much you think about, you approach these roles, like you were just saying about being versus doing, big versus small. Like, are you scaling it down to be, how much do you think about the everyman or naturalism? Uh, well, I don't know that I think about naturalism. I know that I admire it when I see it. If it's, mm. if it's, uh, it's the kind of thing like, you can't even talk about it because once you talk about it, then you say, well, now, <laughs> Now I'm, I'm, I'm self-conscious. I'm, I'm conscious of it. You know, it's that really weird thing where you kind of have to train. I want to transcend things. So I just stop and let things occur, you know, and, yeah. and as long as I know the base, the basics, you know, as long as I know the basics and I've got my foundation, you know, then I just kind of let, let the rest, let the rest, you know, one thing I've, I've said in a couple of interviews regarding this and, I think it just kind of, kind of came to me there were, because of the practicalities of shooting this and the reality based on the schedule that mm. uh, my scheduling, I was forced to kind of give into this and boy, it was really freeing. It's, it's, it's ironic, but it was freeing. You know, the thing that was most difficult about this was that uh, I hadn't, I hadn't done anything in an episodic form for yeah. a long, 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 long time. But also my schedule had to be such that I could go do this other job, right? So this thing takes place over a long period of time. Then you have you know, the emotional arc. You have almost a geographic arc because he, he has to move. He moves to different, you know, he has to lose his house. He has to move to an apartment. He literally has to move to different places. And, and then the whole time difference between where I am emotionally and physically and it was shot they were nice enough to make my schedule work for me but what that created was a situation where you might shoot episode six Uh in the morning and then go back and do 
uh, two and three later in the afternoon, and then yeah. next day you do four, and you might get like you can get two days in a row of of scenes that you know are consistent. You know, shot mostly somewhat in order. And at some point, it was so uh, difficult for me that what I decided to do was, as I explained, I just gave into it. I said it's it's easier for me not to analyze or break this down. Gotcha. Yeah. And I just said, you know, the wardrobe. You know what he wears. You you put this on every day. You, and, the, and the wardrobe very often gets you way down the road, at least okay, me. Okay, interesting. Yeah. yeah. You, once you get wardrobe going mm. and you comb your hair a certain way. But what happened here was I started with the basics and then I just kind of let the guy take me where he was going to take me. He kind of knew, you know, I kind of knew, you know, I'm Michael, I'm not terribly different from this person, really, probably, sure. you know, and, uh, and so... There you go. And it was, you know, just out of practicality, it was yeah. made easier for me, ironically, that I just, I, go, think, I don't know, man, I'm just going to give in and I'll just show up in the morning. I, I'll know where to go. I'll know what to do. And, and not just in the day, but in the moment, you know? Yeah. I think that's really good advice for actors. Like the, the notion of giving in kind of surrendering. Yes. It's, it requires their self-confidence, I think, which maybe comes from experience but it also is about being in the moment, listening. Do Listen. you like, do you get, you, do you find moments that you're out of the moment in a scene That's and then you got to get back into it? Yeah. There's such good questions. Um, not, I have to tell you not too much anymore. No. And, and I, I don't mm-hmm. know some, this is hard to explain without sounding egotistical. I, sure. Some of this is not, like a total surprise to me. It's pretty, it goes back to when I even started, what I observed, what I noticed, and what I liked anyway, mm. you know. Uh, so maybe it's become more refined, but, mm. and, and also because I, I created some characters that were large early on, and then yeah. that was, I kind of had to not wean myself off of it, but, but <laughs> it, it, you know what I mean? Not, you had to wean us me. off of it. Yeah, because, yeah, because <laughs> I was being asked to do it. Yeah, so yeah. early on, I made certain choices to say, well, I can see where this could lead and it'll, I'll, I'll be so bored with myself, which I already do get bored with myself anyway. Um, that's why I kind of slowed down even doing this for a while, but that's one reason. But also, um, you kind of, if, if a role came along now and it didn't require me that what we're talking about, doing what we're talking about now, you know, this, this kind of just being and being in the moment, mm-hmm. if it required something else, I just have to do, to do that, you know, what, but even, even when I started out in my first, I guess it wasn't my very, very first uh, film. I did a little small thing. I think I can't really remember, but in night shift, yeah. it, it was for sure. I needed to be funny and wanted to be funny and, 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 and improvise a lot and rewrote some things because I was definitely going for laughs for sure. But it was always based on the person. Mm-hmm. Even when I'm doing comedies, it's 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 never time out for a joke, even though I have violated that rule <laughs> for sure. Oh, sure. I, okay. I went, oh man, I'm gonna get a laugh here. I can't resist it. It's too good. I gotta <laughs> do it. But but I, it was always based that character, Billy Blazowski, was based on a character. I created a guy. Yeah. I yeah. didn't go. In other words, there were certain things I wasn't going to do because because I just knew the guy would do it, you know. I so yeah. I created a world. So it was never really just go be funny. I always wanted to be funny in the once again we're talking about the truth. You go, yeah, he's this guy. He does all those things. He's funny, but he to him, 
all of this makes total sense. And, and, you know, so some of it is learned. Some of it is just experience. But I, I don't know what would have happened if early on I was given a role where mm. it wasn't kind of on the big side, if I would have gotten to this, you know. And then it has to do, a lot of things just, you're just, you're just fortunate, you know, you're at the right age at the right time, you're given the right opportunity, you know, uh, you have the right look, you know, a lot of stuff like that that's, you know, it's just good fortune. Sure. Well, and I definitely wanted to ask you about that because you've said great things about just this notion of persevering in this very fickle industry for as long as you have. What is the early career acting advice is always like an interesting question. I feel like for you, you had this combined approach of saying no (laughs) to certain roles and saying yes to others. And I guess like, I don't know how to translate that into advice. Like, do you, what do you tell early career actors today? Do you, do you think they should say yes to everything? Is it that same notion of like, keep audiences surprised this is not a a simple question a simple answer because it depends on on the person i can't tell somebody what to do if they're not built like that or if they have to go out and pay their rent that's a that's a real that's a realistic thing that's you know that's part of the job man you got to make money to pay pay rent to to get a little bit of insurance whatever you do so so to say that's not a a consideration is is just bullshit You know, Absolutely. it is a consideration. Yeah. Um, I will tell you, this is another thing I've never talked about much or said, but I appreciate the attention. I'm grateful for, for, for it. But, but I never really had, I didn't have a ton of doubt. I will tell you that. I, I, didn't, I didn't, not that I just knew everything all the time, but I always, uh, I never gave in to desperation. I, I certainly had many moments of going, oh boy, this is a nervous time or I'm not feeling too secure right now, but desperation will kill you. And also, but, but I also kind of, without sounding egotistical, I always just kind of had this, I mean, I mean, Alejandro has been, I guess it's complimentary saying, you know, he didn't know an actor who was as confident as I am. Well, I'm not always obviously because no one is, but I had a kind of thing where I thought, First of all, I, early on, I told myself, you're never going to know if you can do this until you just try to do it. And if it doesn't work, you can always live. <laughs> you know, you're, you're not going to die. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of things I, I would say. Always, I personally chose to play the long game and always bet on me. I just made that decision. Bet just, on me. I'm going to bet on me. I'm yeah. going to that down the road, I'm going to be okay. And I'll make, and I'll create it, but it's hard. And it's, it's, it's easy to tell somebody to do that. Some people don't subscribe to that. And some people don't necessarily want to live like that, but, but I, that, that's me. And, and so early on, I kind of thought, and I was lucky that I got a couple jobs right away. And I thought, boy, this is going to be really good. And then I immediately went, it went south temporarily where I wasn't getting anything and my money was running low. And I, and I, and I thought, Oh boy, this is good. I see how this works. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, this isn't like once you get going, you're in at all. No. And so, so already I knew there were going to be some ups and downs and I just kind of thought, I just don't I'm never going to get in. I'm never going to get desperate. I'm going to get worried. And I'm going to feel insecure <laughs> here and there. But I'm I'm not going to give in to desperation, and and I just don't feel it anyway. So I refuse to, and I had some kind of weird confidence going on, and I kind of knew some of these things were ultimately, if I hung around, and if I kept my eye on the ball, mm. 
and I wasn't distracted by too many things, and I do get distracted, that in the long run, I know I have it. I know I have the goods. And it's just a question of, will I get the shot? And then you have to kind of create your own shots. And, and here's another thing, I'll, I'll, since you're talking about advice, make mistakes, man. Not just in acting, go make them. Yeah. Just make mistakes. Just don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. You know, don't play it safe all the time. That doesn't mean go do something stupid, but take chances. My favorite actors are the ones who are courageous. Even when they fail, I go, man, I love that she went there or that she tried that or he did that. She, I just love courage. And, and, and the thing that got was a big, uh, big thing for me was when it came to auditions, mm -hmm. the way I turned the corner was I, here's what I did. I never looked at auditions after a while. I'd have a good one. I'd be convinced I got the job. And I realized later I wasn't even close. I didn't get that job at all, but I thought I was good. And then other times mm -hmm. I just knew I was no good. And then you get very nervous. And then you, you start to say, I've got to get this thing. I've got That's to get the desperation. This. It's yeah. desperation. And I, and maybe it's just cause you know, I don't know why, but I made this decision. I never looked at an audition as an audition again. I looked at it like this. I said, no, I got the job. Somebody if yeah. called and said, you have to be out at, a, you know, at such and such as office, so-and-so's office or at the, at the, you know, the studios in the Valley at 3.30, we'll send you the scripts, the sides, here's the scene. You're reading with the casting director. To me, I didn't look as an, I, I quit looking at it as an audition. Like, I hope I get this. I said, oh, I have a job. Here's my job. Yeah. I have a script. I went to work and even if I was only there 25 minutes, when I left, I was getting off work. So I said, <laughs> I love that. doesn't matter if I got the job, I already got the job. You left saying, I was pretty good today or I was really good today. It took the onus, it took the, I gotta get this. It took yeah. it away. I already got it. I already had the job. They didn't pay me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I now have to go to my regular job. Yes, but, you know that's part went, of the gig too. Yeah. yeah, and it became fun. Then I could That's relax great. and just, just, I go, I have so much fun at auditions, you know, it just, I just didn't care. I mean, I really cared. And then of course <laughs> you know, there would be some where you'd say, this is really, a really good job. I remember I had an audition to be on the show taxi, mm -hmm. which is really a good show. You know, the Danny DeVito show. Uh, mm -hmm. So, so good written by the Charles brothers. And I didn't get it. That one I knew I said, Oh, this is good. And I kind of, it's not that I blew it. I just made the wrong choice probably in how, it, how I went at it, you know, and, and I didn't get it. That one bugged me. It's not like I always walked away saying, eh, whatever, you know, easy come, easy go. <laughs> but, but that, that really made a big difference. I always, I tell, I always tell when actors ask me anything, first of all, I'm not sure I, I know what I'm talking about, but, no, absolutely. I, but I do talk about that. And I said that, that helped me enormously. That's spot on advice. Yeah. For auditioners, I think. And it just sounds like this philosophy of like, you know, that it's not, you're not, you're going to have jobs like taxi that pass you by. Yep. You knew going into this, that there would be less than ideal gigs. There'd be difficulties connecting with characters or booking them at all. Like, it sounds like you had a realistic approach to this industry. I guess I did. Yeah, I guess I did. Uh, I guess that's, that's part, big part of it. Yeah. And then it is just a question of like, you're saying like, making these choices based on your gut and based on what, I mean, I guess that kind of goes back to truthfulness too, telling the truth. You tried to gravitate towards the characters that resonate with you, right? 
Yeah. And, and also, uh, um, can I do this and can I be really good at this? You know, you we're going to talk about choices that I, some, does this work for me? Is this a good, is this a good thing? Do I know how to do it? Can I be really good in this? That's and, the key. And, yeah. Um, and, but that, that was me, you know, and I always knew that, like I said, I was in it for the long haul. I gambled that if I don't do this, that doesn't mean I'm not, that's not going to happen or that's not going to happen and that's not going to happen. And I made some big, bold decisions, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I said, yeah, this is hard now, but if, if I'm right about how I feel about myself, it may take a while, but it'll pay off in the long run. I'll, it'll pay yeah. off. Really. And so, yeah, some decisions were, were tough ones and hard ones and some were really good ones and almost all of them were proven. I kind of was proven to be not right. Like I'm look at me, I'm right. I'm so smart. Just, you know, my mm-hmm. instinct was, mostly right um but but that's me you know i also believe in people who say i just like to work i want to work don't overanalyze it i like to work so i'm going to work sure. i'm doing a lot of jobs you know i'm going to have fun and just i'm envious of, of that sometimes and and i'm you know i've gone through streaks like that but you know i you know i, I don't have a need to be working all the time. You know, I have a lot of interests too. You know, I'm a, I'm a curious person. The other thing I'd say, getting back to some suggestions, really stay curious. It really helps to be curious. You know, mm-hmm. you know the advantage, the great thing about doing stand up when I was doing it was, once again, I was going to work at night. I wasn't making any money, but I was forced to be on a stage. I mean, it, the other thing I tell people is, get on a stage somewhere. I don't care if the stage is a little riser. You know, like eight inches high, and there's only eleven people. It's a little space. Just it doesn't have to be the thing, anything. Just if you get an opportunity and say, yeah, man, I'm going to go to two shows this weekend. I'm just going to do them and just to walk around on stage and just to, just to say words out loud. And to, it's like being in the gym, you know? Yeah. I mean, and it's certainly like, especially with stand up, I feel like it's embracing the possibility of failure while still doing that thing of what you're saying of like, try to make everything that you're doing the best possible thing, like have a strong worth work ethic about it. Yes. Without the desperation part. Yeah. 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 This is all really excellent advice. Michael, thank you. Um, I have to ask to, to get back to dope sick, speaking of this notion of like this long career of these choices that you've made, do you find that there are some full circle moments? I'm thinking of clean and sober. Do old roles resurface? Um, maybe. I mean, you're also maybe. reprising Batman. So there's yeah, that. right. I was going to say, well, some do. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, it was it was made easier. I can't remember if we talked about this when we first started, but you know, having done clean and sober helped a lot. First of all, when I signed on, I wasn't totally sure where the character was going. There were only certain X amount of episodes oh, done. Okay. And then I went, oh boy, I'm going to have to work a lot harder than I thought I was. So <laughs> I was lucky that I did clean and sober. Yeah. Um, because I retained a lot of that. Uh, it's weird how you kind of hang on to certain things. Really? Okay. Yeah. 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 I retained, I remembered a lot of the research I had done and, and things kind of get clearer as you're working on them. So, so yeah, it does mm-hmm. come around. And in terms of uh, flash, yeah, I guess certain, <laughs> certain things do, do come around. Now that's an interesting, you know, how that all happened because, you know, everyone knows about, you know, the controversy over whether I, should do it or be the one or whatever. Um, and that's been talked about uh, to death. But mm-hmm. to me, it was, I know the name of the movie is Batman and, and it's hugely iconic and, and very cool. And 
culturally iconic and because of Tim Burton, artistically iconic. He's a true artist. I always knew from the get-go it was Bruce Wayne. That Mm -hmm. was the secret. It was never... I never talked about it, but I said, Batman, you know, it should be Batman. Batman does this. And I kept thinking to myself, yeah, you know, y'all are thinking, y'all are thinking wrong here. It's From about, a character perspective. It's about, yeah. yeah, it's about Bruce Wayne. Who's that guy? Mm-hmm. What kind of person does that? You know, sure. you know? and then you know, when the director who was going to, who directed the third one, I said, I just can't do it. You know, one of the reasons I couldn't do it was he, asked you know he's a nice enough man you know he's passed away so you know i wouldn't speak ill of him even mm-hmm. if he were alive but i'm not speaking ill of him here he he at one point after more than a couple of meetings where i kept trying to rationalize doing it and hopefully kind of talking him into saying i think we don't want to go in this direction mm-hmm. really i think we have to go in this direction and he wasn't going to budge but i remember one of the things i walked away going oh boy i can't do this where he asked me he said, I don't understand why everything has to be so so dark and everything's so sad. And I went, wait a minute. Do you know how this guy got to be Batman? <laughs> have you, have uh-huh. you read? I mean, it's pretty simple. And so it, it was always Bruce Wayne. You know, it was never Batman. It was like, who, who does that? Who becomes that? Who decides to what kind of person? And then a lot of that work, you know, you, you just read the Frank Miller stuff and talk to Tim yeah. And then you say, well, this is what I'm seeing. And, you know, we all know his history. We all, all know what happened to him as a young boy. You got a lot of your work done for you right there, you know, just work from that. And then I wanted to create, I wanted to make him what he, my take on him. My, there's all that. And then yeah. my take on him, you know, yeah, it coincided with what Tim was seeing. Yeah. Very cool. Well, and the, the, the Bruce Wayne versus Batman of it all, like you mentioned the clothes, I wanted to ask about physicality and like almost the outside in approach. I guess when you're wearing a mask and armor, <laughs> what yeah. you're saying about Bruce Wayne is like, you can make more choices as the billionaire Bruce, Bruce Wayne and not as many choices when you're right in a costume. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, and, and, and man, it was so bold that costume that uh, I thought, uh, you know, and I said this early on, I said, just, you know, make sure just work that suit, you know, and no one knew whether that suit, that that suit would work at all until the morning we're getting ready to shoot the first stuff. Sure. And I said, no, make this part of the thing, make this part of the thing. Some of that came out of practicality, how I, but uh, I had to move, <laughs> but, but a lot of it was. And, and so one thing I did in that was I said, no, wait a minute. Oh, this is so big, it's so bold that, you know, look at what this looks like. Look at what I am. Look at what he does, blah, blah, blah. You go, okay, now you certainly, something has to happen. And Tim and I would talk about his two per, two sides of his personality. Mm. And I made a choice that he actually, because he transcends, he, he drops into another level of consciousness. This was all me, you know, like early on, one of the things I guess I didn't mention is one of the basic things you try to do is, write out a backstory for your character. I don't care if it's seven sentences long. You know, sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so. For and me, if it's based I on a, existing IP, like you're yeah. still inventing a little bit. Yeah. I had to justify, how does this guy do something where I know okay. look like this screen. I had to justify what you can't act. Bruce Wayne couldn't be Bruce Wayne once he puts this thing on. And I go, how does he get to that? And how does he physically know how to do these things? And so I made a choice just to justify it, that 
he kind of went into a zone and we shot a scene. I asked him to shoot a scene where you see me, you see me kind of in the eyes and you see me kind of go into this weird kind of meditation where I kind of disappear and lose myself in order to be Batman, because that's the only way I could rationalize what he was about to go do or how he could really do it. Because once again, I had to believe it. I had to believe that that could really happen. Yeah, you are approaching him like a like a human person where yeah. you're doing a little bit of the what would I do in this person's shoes thing. Yeah. And it can't be going back to the the big comedy stuff, it has to be truthful. It can't be caricature. Right. right. Like it can't be a cartoon. Yeah. Right. And I wanted to make him he was he was quirky and I wanted to play mm-hmm. that and I wanted to make him not always sure of himself and uh, uh, and kind yeah. of odd, you know, an unusual guy. And there was almost no humor in it. And Tim and I would find spots to be, you know, funny. Very cool. Let, let me ask you a couple, one more actorly question. We asked this of everyone. Yeah. Um, what is one performance you think every, every actor should see and why? That can be film, TV, theater, maybe something that's really stuck with you. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, we always stump people with this one. Yeah, because you go, where do I start? Just when you start thinking of one, you go, wait, 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 there's another one. Robert Duvall in Tender Mercies is one. Oh, great. Yeah. That, that's one. I'd have to think about it and get, it's going to drive me crazy now. Now I'm not, the rest of the day, I'm thinking about this. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, uh, what about, is there something that you've seen recently that was really inspiring or really noteworthy? Oh, I'm sure. I mean, it seems, uh, it seems like I'm, I'm, I'm more in awe. It seems like there's more talented people around now than ever. Uh, or just mm-hmm. might be, you know, the way I look at things now. I don't know, but, um, well, just about anything Joaquin Phoenix does. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Heath Ledger's taken, you know, Jack's a friend of mine. And I thought what Jack did with the Joker was, was great. And then when you see what Heath Ledger did, mm-hmm. that was pretty mind blowing. But then you go, yeah, and that guy did that. And then he did uh, Brokeback Mountain too. Um, look at the things Ray Fiennes does. People don't appreciate what range that guy has. But any, just about anything Joaquin Phoenix does, I kind of can't take my eyes off of. I just, yeah. uh, you want to talk about guts and, and you know courage. Oh boy. Totally. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Thank you so much for opening up and just, letting us into your process yeah no this was nice i enjoyed doing this actually thank you thank you so much michael in the envelope is recorded at lotus productions and hyperbolic audio in new york city and soundbox la mark grouse studios and buzzies in los angeles Thanks as always to our producer extraordinaire, Jamie Muffet, and to the team at Backstage, Samantha Sherlock, Mark Stinson, Caitlin Watkins, and of course, Casey Howe. Visit Backstage.com, and don't forget, you can subscribe to Backstage by using the code ENVELOPE at checkout for a free trial. That's right, 100% free. For more exclusive content, join us on Facebook and Twitter at In The Envelope, and subscribe, share, and leave a comment. Would you like us to interview next? Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time for another glimpse in the envelope.